This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified profiting from your passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and today my guest is relationship strategist, Denise Onofre. Denise is the author of Your Relationship With You, How to Live Life by Your Rules. Known as the relationship strategist, Denise is a creator of The Connection Strategy for Couples, The Art and Science of Mastered Relationships, and The Connection Strategy for You programs. Denise is a licensed marriage and family therapist, an AASECT certified sex therapist, and EMDR provider with a private practice in Denver, Colorado. Denise knows relationships are hard. She helps make them easier through strategy and know-how. Welcome, Denise. Hi, thanks for having me. We'll get to your book a little later, but first I want to go back to the beginning. You were raised, as we all were, with what you thought were the rules for how you had to live your life. You were particularly focused on the M words. Tell me about that. Mm. Oh, yes, the M words. Yeah, um, marriage and motherhood. I mean, I think from the time that I could love on my Cabbage Patch doll in the third grade, I was always planning on being a mom and a married woman. And that is not how it all turned out. That's for sure. Hmm. So how did you, uh, how did you figure out that that wasn't really the path for you? You know, through a lot of pain and suffering, I wish that I could tell you it had this beautiful alleluia moment, but it was a lot of pain and suffering. And, um, I I think I literally uh, woke up. I, in fact, I know I literally woke up in the middle of the night with the idea or the, the epiphany that uh, I may not be getting my M words. I may not um, be a mother at that time. Um, and I had already been married and divorced. So I got that M word, um, but, but all through a path that wasn't intended for me, hence ending in divorce. Um, but, but I came to the realization that I was just suffering uh, in trying to achieve these things I thought I was supposed to achieve. And so I, you know, I had a wake up call in the middle of the night and I realized um, these are things I cannot force. Um, and the ways that I was trying to force them was not working. Um, so I got really honest with myself about what I want to do. Um, you know, when I'm a 90-year-old gray-haired woman, and I look back on my life, what do I want the turning point in this moment to be? Um, and that's when I got really serious about achieving the business and um, the life I wanted to have for myself um, professionally. Mm-hmm. So what do you think kind of startled you into action? What made you wake up and think, oh, no, I am not on the right path here. Not once, 
with your marriage, but twice. <laughs> yeah, in probably countless times in between, Kate. Um, I think I got sick of being sick and tired. And I think I got um, sick and tired of um, feeling like I was waiting for my life to start. And I mean, that's a, I think we may have all been there at one time or another, like waiting for our life to start, waiting for our business to start, waiting for like the real good stuff to start. Well, I got sick of waiting, I guess. And I, and there was a part of me that realized I was so far from living my best life, waiting for my best life to start that I needed to start being active in it. On it, you know, I needed to be active in it beyond dating by the numbers is what I call it. Like if I dated enough great men, one of them would end up my husband and the father of my children. It was just, it's not even from a wise place that I was living. So action and, and wising up, as my mom would say when I was a child. Yeah. So let's talk about the motherhood piece because. Yeah. That was another wake up call for you that you may not become a mother and you had always wanted to be. Was that something that you realized you may not have really wanted, that it was an ex expectation that was put on you by others or was there something else going on? I really thought um, becoming a mother was how to be a woman. It was synonymous to me and I as a child that's understandable you know we I didn't have a lot of role models um, I, I only knew one woman that wasn't a nun in my Catholic school who who didn't have children I just knew one woman and so for me as a child motherhood and womanhood were synonymous and and that's okay you know I came by it honestly as a child but I just blindly in a very unexamined way, maintained that um, in well into um, well until my adulthood, and I think it was around uh, my it was in my early thirties, and you know biological clock and all this stuff that goes with early thirties. I I think I came to realize that I I better get hopping on a plan B so that I'm not mourning the loss of motherhood into my 40s, but mourn it now and get moving on um, on your plan B. You know, have them be parallel processes. I have friends now in their mid-40s that are just starting the mourning process, um, and I decided to start it long before biologically it was impossible for me to have children, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I just felt like it was healthy to start dealing with that reality even before it became a reality. And then, you know, as my years went on, you know, I'm 42 now, and this is time stamped and everything, so forever you can calculate my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bummer. Um, I would say it was like 38, 39, that I, I really got okay with it. And now at 42, I'm actually really grateful for exactly the way my life rolled out. I think that it rolled out as it was supposed to. Um, and I've worked through the grief. And in part, I had to work through the grief of being um, in, some, in, in some demographics, the odd man out or the odd woman out. 
Um, there's a lot of things I don't understand that that women who are moms do understand, and um, even mourning kind of being an outsider in some circles was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. I don't have children either, and most of my oh. friends do. Some of my some of my friends have grandchildren, <clears throat> and uh, you know I know uh, enough about what their lives are like to be grateful that my life isn't like that. And I've always, I always feel bad thinking that because Mm. it's not a judgment at all. Right. It's not a judgment about their life. And I hope people don't judge my life, but you know, I, I, I'm just really thankful that I did not have children. And and there was a period of time, just like you, when I thought, of course, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have children. And, and that didn't work out for me. And, uh, Instead of taking extraordinary measures, like a lot of people do uh, Mm -hmm. for decades sometimes in order to make that dream of parenthood happen, I kind of went through the same thing. It was like, well, you know, I think it's just not going to happen for me. And and that's Mm -hmm. probably the way it's meant to be. And I have, I'm at peace with that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think I knew that about you. And I just remembering it again for the first time that you you can relate to what I'm saying in terms of maybe the grief and maybe the um, not being odd man out, but then also being really it's a a wonderful reflection for gratitude for the lives that we have. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely the odd man out piece, because. Uh, you can see, right, when people are talking about their kids and they say, do you have kids? And I say, no, I just have a dog. And you can see mm-hmm. this, like, change of their expression. And they go looking for somebody else who might have grandchildren pictures to share with them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really makes us dig deep into ourselves, really, that, no, this is who I am. I have only me to offer in this story right now. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So and, you mentioned mm-hmm. um, you mentioned that you got serious about your profession. You were mm-hmm. not a therapist until this kind of second aha moment. Is that right? That's exactly right. So um, waking up in the middle of the night, the uh, holy cow, I might not actually be a mom. Um, what do you want to have happen when you look back at your life when you're an old lady and I have wanted to be a therapist since watching Oprah after school. I watched Oprah with my older siblings. Um, I've always been fascinated by people's stories. I truly believe we are all very interesting biographies. If someone would just write them for us, um, I'm I'm so interested in humans. Um, and so I decided in that moment, and I think it was within weeks, that I was researching grad schools and programs um, in my city of Denver, and I had an application into grad school, and I was sitting in the classroom less than a year later, pursuing a dream that I felt I had some control over, and that I could put all the energy in and get all the return out. And I didn't feel that way about motherhood. I didn't want to go to extreme measures. I didn't want to be a single mom. Um, I didn't want to put that energy out or invest the energy for the return, but my career and really pursuing something I wanted since I was a teenager um, was something that I could really 
um, be proud of at the end of my life. Mm -hmm. So you are a certified sex therapist, which I think people have some ideas of what that might mean. Demystify Mm -hmm. that for us. What does a sex therapist do? Ooh, I love that. Demystify that for us. Um, You know, uh, a sex therapist takes um, what can be both one of the most wonderful and for some people, uh, part of their trauma history um, and leverages the healing around that or leverages the growth around sexuality to help people have the best life that they can have for themselves. Um, so it's both um, going back to the past to heal um, and bring it into a present relationship or take a present relationship that just isn't as fulfilling as um, a person wants it to be and help people design their own sex life, frankly, which is really an exciting opportunity to um, to take maybe some natural or ingrained um, obstacles that we might have in our sex lives and work around them or work through them. So do you, is this like talk therapy or do you actually have some physical intimacy with these people? Oh no, that would be, um, that would be a form of prostitution. Um, no, and it's actually <laughs> something that we talk, that's something we talk about in our profession. No, um, it's talk therapy. I do, um, EMDR is separate from sex therapy, but I use it to heal sexual trauma. Um, but sex therapy is, really understanding um, what it is a client is sort of bringing to the table in their relationship and what um, my, my favorite question that I ask clients is how will we know we're done working together? And so it's taking that, the answer to that question and what they bring to the table and it's my job to build the bridge between the two. Mm, okay. So With when no and how activity. did you... <laughs> Oh, well, and that that's what I meant by demystifies, because I think there's some, um, you know, confusion about what, oh. what that term means. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, there's a segment of sex therapy that does involve surrogacy, um, but I am not involved in surrogacy in any, in any way. So when and how did you know that you were meant to focus on relationships? of all kinds, including the ones individuals have with themselves? Um, because I, it was clear to me that nobody taught me how to be in a relationship, and maybe that's why mine weren't working out. Um, I don't think any of us, most of us, are not taught how to be in a relationship, but I, I honestly saw it as um, a very effective way to work in, in my field. So, some therapists will focus on just depression or anxiety um, and other, and trauma is another area of focus. But I wanted to focus on relationships because I really find that it's the true spice in our lives as quality, rewarding, full relationships. And I wanted to learn more about them and then I wanted to teach others. And it is something that everyone thinks they ought to know, right? And we're so influenced by 
what we observe and experience as children with our parents. And so if our parents have great, have a great relationship, then we're more likely to have great relationships. But the majority mm-hmm. of us, I don't think that that's really the case. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My parents have been married 51 years. And wow. um, yeah, um, that is miraculous. They don't have a perfect relationship. They never did. They never will. They're humans. We, we can't expect that from humans. Um, but I think sometimes, and this is part of my getting married at such a young age, I just thought if I found a really good person, it would work out. And what's sad about that, I was young. I was 22, I believe, when I got married. So I was practically still a teenager. But, um, you know, what ended up happening there is I just ended up divorcing a really good person. I did not know what I was doing. Um, And I want to save people that trouble. And I think that relationships can be so much easier than we are making them. And I'm very passionate about it. And then in addition to that, I think the relationship we have with ourselves is key. It's one of the major keys to turning towards another and expecting a good relationship. It's not just about finding a great person by any means. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We have to take a Mm -hmm. short break. And when we come back, your relationship with you, how to live life by your rules. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Kate Fessler, and today my guest is relationship strategist Denise Onofre. Denise, I love the subtitle of your book. This is one of my mantras as well. Live life by your rules. In fact, I even designed a shirt for one of my clients that says, my life, my rules, with a little crown in the middle. If I can give nice. it a little plug, now available on Amazon.com, search for the brand <laughs> Daring and Unafraid. Anyway, your premise and mine as well is that you have to know yourself to know what's going to make you happy. And too many mm-hmm. people just drift along following the same rules their parents taught them, even if they're miserable. How mm-hmm. does your book help people recognize and reframe some of that early programming? Ah, brilliant. Yeah, not just our families, but culture and religion and uh, gender roles and all these rules and expectations. Um, My book helps you in chapter one and two, we just get really, um, we hit the ground running. And we get really honest about where these rules came from, what's not going as expected and what rules you need to start rewriting for yourself. So I help people right off the bat to identify those rules. And much of the rest of the book is coping and dealing with um, what it's like to start living life by your rules. It's very freeing, but it's a major change. And I think um, I also pepper the rest of the chapters with some rules that our culture um, doesn't support us breaking, but I give you tons of permission to break them 
like slowing down, like putting yourself first. These are rules that we all deserve to live by. Like not having children if <laughs> if you choose not to. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one for people to understand. They don't. Sometimes, Kate, my favorite thing is when people say, what do you do with all your time? <laughs> live my life. It's wonderful. <laughs> you talk about the shoulds. This is something that's so ingrained in our consciousness. Explain how damaging these can be and what can we do when we find ourselves engaged in this type of thinking? Um, I, t- I promised you I think that I wouldn't curse on your podcast and I will maintain that. Um, but shoulds are mostly BS and um, they're usually a sign that we're following a rule that's not for us. Now, um, I should get up and go to work today doesn't make me feel heavy or um, like I'm living outside of my own integrity. I need to get up and go to work today. No worries. Um, I need to scoop the litter box. No worries, kitty. Like, I gotcha. But it's Mm -hmm. the shoulds that are draining and make us feel not so great about ourselves. Um, You know, I should lose this last 10 pounds. If that doesn't feel good and it's draining you and distracting you from having clarity and enjoying what's before you, then it, it's probably BS about the last 10 pounds, in my opinion. We can think of a million examples. It's not it's definitely not just about weight loss, but any shoulds are, they should be looked at. Is that a BS rule or is that really what I need to do to live within my values and my own integrity? Mm-hmm. What inspired you to write this book and for whom did you write it? Um, let's see, I sat down, right, as a marriage counselor and a sex therapist, I work with a lot of couples um, that, you know, that's my expertise in therapy world. But when I sat down to write a book for couples, I knew I was missing something. And I was missing what I truly believe in how I work with people every day. And that is, the, the differentiation of yourself from your partner first. And that is when you are just the individual. So when I look at my couple sitting on my couch, I think about them first as two individuals who have come together. And what do those individuals need in order to come together with more ease and more connection? So I had a really serious conversation with my editor about being the couples counselor and the sex therapist who doesn't want to write about couples or sex right now. I want to write what I know to be true. Um, and, and that has, that seemingly had nothing to do with my therapeutic expertise. Um, and it, it really comes down to then maybe I am, I declared an expert in humans and, and the individual human must be served first before that individual can turn toward another and expect great things. Mm-hmm. I love chapter seven. The, yeah. In keeping with the, with the rule, the effort bucket, I can't say the word on this podcast, but it rhymes with bucket. I'm sure listeners get yeah. what we mean. Uh, tell <laughs> us about that. Okay, the, the effort bucket and I'm going to try so hard not to slip. Luckily, we're not live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
The effort bucket is for all those things that drain and distract you. So the shoulds, the things that are weighing us down that make us not feel good about ourselves, but really don't matter. Uh, one of the greatest examples I got recently at a talk that I did for a women's group, um, what are some rules that you're following that you are beginning to realize are a, is a BS should? And one of the most popular ones for these women was, I think I'm supposed to make dinner for my family every night, even if I'm not home. And they declared putting that in the bucket because those human beings at home can make their own dinner. It is perfectly fine. It's a rule that they, this woman in particular had been following for years and it drained her and distracted her from her own self and maybe the dinner plans that she had with a girlfriend. She had to be on the hamster wheel to get that meal out when really it can just go in the bucket and those people can make a grilled cheese if they want. And that is, mm -hmm. that is a perfect thing to put in the effort bucket. All the rules that you're willing to break or need to break can go in the bucket. So that's a great example because it's, it's the little things, right? Oftentimes that are the things that are keeping us stuck, are keeping us in this place that's uh, making us uncomfortable, but we really, it it's, could be just as simple as, yes, I'm sorry, I make your own dinner tonight. Yep. And that's so yep. freeing in, in letting mm -hmm. go of some of those responsibilities that really we've put on ourselves and they don't, they, we don't need to. That's right. It is okay to put yourself first. And if you're not going to be home for dinner, you don't have to add it to your to-do list. I, I just know this. And of course, this is, these are two women agreeing on this who don't have children, but I sometimes think <laughs> <Right>. that, um, <laughs> um, I sometimes think that the perspective of a woman who doesn't have children can remind a woman who's bogged down with the shoulds of motherhood um, what else, what else is possible? And it's not to diminish their own perspective, but I, there's some women I want to drag back into my side and remind them who they are, because I think there's a lot of shoulds. I know there are a lot of shoulds in motherhood, um, that are very unfair to women. And I want to save them from some of that and give them the empowerment to start writing their own rules around some of that stuff. Yeah, and again, it it comes down to knowing yourself because there are some women who will say, but I love making dinner and I, I love mm -hmm. doing this and it doesn't bog me down. And that's great. Mm -hmm. If that's how you feel about it, then you should continue to do it. But you're yeah. talking about things that you do them because you feel you have to and, mm -hmm. and it becomes a heavy weight on you. That's right. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your programs, the Connection Strategy for Couples, the Art and Science of Mastered Relationships, and the Connection Strategy for You. I would love to. So the Connection Strategy for Couples is um, uh, for couples. <laughs> um, it is a way that I work with couples um, both long distance and in my office in Denver. Um, one of my favorite parts about uh, this program is uh, where we start. And so every couple, no matter what tier, how many tiers they decide to work um, with me, how, how in-depth they decide to work with me, we all, um, the, everyone starts at the discover and strategize tier. It's the first stop. 
and we do a very um, important assessment of the current state of the marriage, looking at nine different areas of that relationship. And then based on the findings of that assessment, we start designing strategies that will work for this couple. Um, they're, they're, um, they're very, uh, what would the word be, um, customized for that couple based on the discovery session. I love that. And then we, we just dive deeper and deeper. And then um, the, the final session, um, or the final tier in that program is where the sex therapist gets to come out and play. That uh, tier is called Tenacious Desire. And that's when we take all of what we learned in working together over um, the course of the Discover and Strategize and then some deeper, more intensive work that's where we can then accentuate all of that um, and build more intimacy and highlight their sexuality and what they want to grow and learn in that department of their relationship. How often do you um, have couples come to you and one of them is kind of dragging the other <laughs> uh, who doesn't really want to participate Mm -hmm. but is going because, you know, because the other one insists. Okay. So can I fill you in on a little bit of a secret? Like we're the only ones talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so the deal is um, statistically speaking, women are usually the ones that are bringing their mates. Uh, in a in a heterosexual relationship, it's typically typically broad stroke. Men aren't that psyched about coming to see me, and I think it's really important. And I and I think that I do have this skill. Um, I was raised by such a great dad and so many wonderful male cousins and uncles that I always just kind of hung with the dudes. Um, and I find that if you're looking for a therapist for you and your husband for a heterosexual couple. Um, to find a therapist that that can hang with a dude where, yes, her feminine energy is important, but she can also make the male counterpart feel really comfortable at, and at home. I just think it's only fair um, that a therapist be able to balance that out for the male clientele as well. And then what about the connection strategy for you? Oh, yes. So the connection strategy for you is based on my book. So it's, it's right up um, the reader's alley who likes what they're reading, but they need a little bit more. And it's designed just simply for that. And it's based on time. So um, the, my favorite, favorite, favorite part of uh, the program for you is the virtual book club. So it's other readers of the book and we meet, it's so simple, I'm all about simple. Uh, we meet twice in one month and we read the first half of the book for um, the first meeting, the second half for the second meeting and we just dive deeper and we um, share more about what we experienced and maybe we go over some of the exercises that are in the book. Every chapter has an exercise and it's virtual. So anyone in the world can join us. Um, you know, it's grab a glass of wine, put your hair on top of your head, get comfortable, um, grab a cup of tea, whatever it, it is at your house. 
Um, and we cozy up and do kind of what turns out to be mostly a girls' night kind of book club together. And then the other parts of the program are just wanting to spend more time with me one-on-one, -on -one, working with your stuff that came up around the book, or however, um, however you want to spend that time. We are almost out of time, speaking of time. Ooh. So I have to ask you, what is one book or resource besides your own that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Um, I, it's an oldie but goodie. Um, and it helps me to simplify my thinking and my moods, frankly. And it's um, the book Feeling Good. But it's an oldie from the 70s. Um, my mom gave it to me. My mom, I don't think my mom's a big self-help book reader. She read mine. Um, but she gave me the Feeling Good book way back when, when I just couldn't get out of my own way. And it just simplified my moods. It reduced how I felt um, in terms of anxiety and um, depression. And it just, it made my life a lot uh, more simple and gave me a lot of clarity and I still use a lot of those strategies in working with people today. And that was long before I was a therapist. The Feeling Good Handbook. Okay, Feeling Good Handbook. So your okay. book title is Your Relationship with You, How to Live Life by Your Rules. And that is available at Amazon also, right? That is correct, yes. Maybe a nice gift combo for the holidays. Your book and my t-shirt. Think about yes, it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And then everyone should wear the t-shirt to book club. There you go. So if people want to find out more about you and your work and uh, the other books in the Connection Strategy book series, how can they do that? Um, they can go to my website and um, they can join my, um, my email list and get a little gift from my homepage. Um, it's two resources that I highlight and use almost every day with my clients. And it's also written about um, in chapter four of the book, the emotions word list and the needs list. They come in handy. So if you pop in your name and your email address, I'll send you those uh, resources and then I'll keep you up to date on all sorts of things that are going on with me. And the website is? Oh dear, thank you. Um, I swear the sun's <laughs> going down in Colorado and my brain, my brain changes a little bit. Um, <laughs> www.deniseonorfree and my last name is spelled O-N-O-F-R-E-Y dot com. Great. So quickly, with the holidays here, this is a time of year when relationship issues can really bubble over. Can you give us some tips on how to keep from getting sucked into the same old patterns that can really bring us down this time of year? Yes, yes, yes. Um, definitely. So, um, Referring back to the needs list, I think it's so essential that we accurately identify how we feel, and the, the emotions word list will help you do that, um, and the needs list, getting really honest about what you need and then making sure you get it. So if you're asking people and they're not meeting that specific need in the relationship we have with ourselves, it is essential that we meet that need ourselves. So whether it's Sleep, food, play, exercise, authenticity, honesty, quiet time, whatever it is, we must meet our own needs. And we are not in a habit of doing that. And we're certainly not in a habit of doing that around the holidays. That is so true. And it actually takes the pressure off the other people, too, when we meet our own needs and don't put that expectation on them. That's right. 
Right, because we're going to do it more perfectly than anyone else I know. Well, good advice. Denise Onofrey, the Relationship Strategist, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. This was a blast. I will be right back. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back to Change Redefining Success. One of the hardest things to do, especially when you're struggling in a relationship or you're feeling unhappy because of what appear to be external circumstances, is to look at yourself first. As Denise says, the relationship with you is the most important one, and that is reflected back to you by what's happening in your life. Our beliefs about ourselves and about the world shape our reality. So it's important that we know ourselves well and set our boundaries and expectations accordingly. I highly recommend you get Denise's book and the t-shirt I mentioned, My Life, My Rules, and really start living from that place. Self-care is not selfish and me first doesn't have to be either. One of my favorite analogies, which I heard from a guru years ago, is that not only should we fill our cup, but the overflow is how we serve others. We don't want the cup to run dry, otherwise there's nothing there for anyone. It has become something of a cliché, but there's a reason they tell you in the airplane to put your oxygen mask on first. If you pass out, how are you going to be of any help to anybody else? So especially during the holiday season, when we can really deplete ourselves trying to make everything perfect and to meet a variety of expectations, including our own, take time to restore and refill. And if you do that sort of thing, make it one of your new, new Year's resolutions to build in me time all year round. Start living by your rules in the new year. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Live Solutions. You'll find the recommendations and writings of my guests on my website, firstclasslivesolutions.com. Look on the resources tab. What's your story? If you'd like to share it to inspire others, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. Speaking of inspiring stories, next week my guest will be Dahlia Mustafa. Dahlia is a professional certified master life and soul coach, counselor, and trainer with 15 years of experience. She holds four coaching degrees from Canada and the USA. Dahlia is a PhD fellow in leadership, policy, and change with an area of focus in counseling psychology. Moreover, she is a writer, a motivational speaker, a leadership consultant, and a humanitarian as well. 
Dahlia is fluent in English, French, and Arabic, and regularly, regularly appears on CBC and CTV. Dahlia is the president and CEO of Click Coaching and Counseling, Inc., and recently launched the Canadian Life Transformation Academy. She has workshops, seminars, and courses running throughout the year in 22 different areas, in line with her vision and her mission. Her Facebook page has more than half a million fans from all over the world following her writing and inspirational shows. Dahlia was recently the winner of both the 2017 Canadian Immigrants of Distinction Award in Community Service and the 2017 RBC Top 25 Canadian Immigrants Award. Moreover, Dahlia was recently honored by the Governor General of Canada on behalf of Queen Elizabeth II by the Sovereign Medal for Volunteer. She is also running as a finalist for the 2017 Woman of Inspiration Award across Canada. I hope you'll join us. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at ewnpodcastnetwork.com.